Hello and welcome, everyone. My name is Aiden DeBoard. My name's Jim Newman. And this is episode 12. I am amazed by that. Yes. <laughs> episode 12 of our show, which we uh, like to call it. We need a drum beat. <laughs> I wish we had a sound effect machine or something. But this is called Inherently Human. Yes. And uh, we're so glad that you could join us today. I'm really channeling my, my Bob Ross here. Um, so glad that you could join us today. We're this so is glad. Great. We're so happy. <laughs> and our first song today. No. Well, we don't do that. I mean, it's not a radio show. What we do is talk about whatever is on our mind and I don't know really what it is that you intend to share, but one thing that happened to me today, I okay. talked to my trainer, mm-hmm. and he was over at my house, and he had a bad, I thought, a really bad scrape on his leg. And when we were done talking about me, which took most of the time, you can right. understand, um, You're paying for it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but there was a little time left. So I said, so what about your leg? What happened? How'd you get that scrape? Because it's kind of nasty looking. He was wearing shorts. And um, so he said he's going to EMT school. Oh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And he was over on the uh, community college campus, and his girlfriend was visiting him. And they went out on the sidewalk, and there was a real disturbance going on. There was a guy yelling at a woman and grabbing her. Oh. And so and a real altercation started yeah. where, uh, and my friend's still just an observer at this point, some mm-hmm. big guy grabs the assailant of the woman. Right. And uh, this man, who was evidently being violent to the woman, uh, claimed to be her husband, and who knows what the story was there, but a fight was beginning, but Tommy, being a trainer, my my trainer, yeah. uh, knows jujitsu. Oh, So okay. it took him evidently just microseconds to bring this enraged man down and put him on the ground. And he explained how he did it, and I don't really know, but it has to do with physics and momentum and (laughs) gravity. Yeah. And the guy didn't know what hit him. Right. Suddenly he's just imprisoned by Tommy's legs and arms so that he can't move, and any reasonable man, and this guy turned out to be reasonable, you can talk to him now. Yeah, so long as they aren't. Yeah, he's unable to throw a punch, mm-hmm. or even hope to get out of this embrace, unless he's nice. And so suddenly, yeah, it's a whole different ballgame, and Tommy talks to him real softly, and they agree that there's no reason for the level of anger that he's been displaying, and finally, uh, Tommy lets him up, because he knows that with the magic of jujitsu, he can bring him right back down. Down if he needs to, yeah. Anytime he wants to. <laughs> and I have not ever taken martial arts, mm-hmm. but I do know because I have another friend who demonstrated one time another discipline called Wing Chun, and it's really remarkable how 
a human being can miscalculate in the face of the science of this kind of fighting. Someone doesn't know about it and is up against somebody who knows Taekwondo or Wing Chun or any of those and throws himself at the person and decides he's going to punch him out. Oh, no, you're not even going to get close. Yeah. Because that person is going to bring you down in ways that happen so fast. All you'll be doing is looking up at the ceiling with no understanding of how you got there. And that is what I bring to the party today. That story of my friend Tommy. I didn't even know that he knew jujitsu, but now you he, does, do. <laughs> he knows it enough, evidently. You know, it's always fun to hear people who are in these situations, these um, altercations, yeah. when they're superior in every way to their opponent, at least fighting-wise. And yeah, so, yeah, they're empowered. Yeah, they're empowered in a situation that to me would be absolutely frightening. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I love seeing the videos of it. Have you ever seen videos of people doing that? Uh, yeah, not for a while, but yes, it's yeah. it's so fun to see this person who is so furious, so angry, attempt in any way, shape, or form to harm this other person, only to be taken down immediately. I know. I <laughs> Just know. No, yeah. making it look so easy. Right. You know, uh, in Tommy's case, he is not an arrogant person, I would say. He's really pretty humble, even though, uh, you know, he's a weight trainer and uh, he's an athlete. Future EMT. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's an amazing person. But he wasn't bragging about it. I'm the one that gave this story the subtext of the confusion this assailant must have felt mm-hmm. in how quickly he was brought down. Yeah. And you're right, it's cool to watch that kind of thing happen. I think one of the reasons that it is is because I, myself, it's like watching any magnificent performance. Oh, yeah. A vocalist and Mm a person that can play the cello or whatever. (laughs) You know? I I look at it, I don't know how you did that, really. Right. There's a a certain appreciation that I think comes out of ignorance, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe not ignorance, but like, no... I don't know what... I think I know what you're saying. Yes. Inexperience. Okay, sure. Um, in other words, a general audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, kind of what you're saying with Tommy and his uh, his takedown or the celloist or anything like that, because you don't have the one-on-one personal experience with that thing where you don't know how hard it really is. Mm-hmm. You can appreciate it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, Tommy, if he saw someone take someone down with some jujitsu moves, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I can do that, too. That yeah, was, he understands that was the good. mechanics. Yeah. I know. You did this, then you did this. One, two, three, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. Those are the uh, moves that I would have done. That's right. totally what you did. <laughs> yeah. And so having no idea what this is all about, it, it gives it a certain flow and art to it, um, yeah. where all of a sudden there's this whole new thing happening. But Tommy, you know, in his years or months or whatever, how long he's been training, has experienced the other end of it. 
you know. And it can kind of seem magical because in some sense it is like a magician because mm-hmm. if no one else, the assailant is being fooled magnificently. He doesn't understand momentum and gravity in the way, let's say, you know, hypothetically that Tommy does. Mm-hmm. So any forward movement is going to be redirected and guided towards the ground in a way that that person didn't understand. And it does seem kind of magical to me. And, and as you say, artful <laughs> as well. It's, it's nice to think of a lot of things as a form of art. Well, I wonder, is there something in what you do in the, uh, either in terms of swimming or, uh, well, or yeah. in terms of rescue, in terms of uh, being a lifeguard? I mean, I saw you guys work with crack efficiency. The one time I saw this poor woman terrified in the pool and she certainly believed she was drowning and then everybody around there just went into action and knew exactly what to do maybe that's not exactly the same but then again maybe it is in a way i mean it comes from training and understanding that is beyond the average of most people i think that is a way that you can just describe art as a general concept Mm -hmm. is the inexperience of something and then watching the talent of it, I guess? Well, yeah. I mean, don't you think? I mean, people are drawn to, I guess, disciplines in which they have the skill or at least they have the potential, so that's talent. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, I think with what we do, especially with lifeguarding or swimming or anything like that, like, you can take this mundane action and turn it into an art, that's for sure. Um, and it all just depends on the skill of what you're doing. Can you take it to a certain level where people will be in awe of how you're doing it? Well, there, I think the answer is almost always no, unless visually uh, the audience can see something exceptional right before their eyes. And I guess what I'm thinking of is divers. Okay, yeah. Yeah, champion divers, the way they can flip and maneuver and twist their bodies and then knife into the water so smoothly there's hardly a splash. Right. That kind of person. The audience, at least, would describe that person as having great talent, whereas... In some other way, somebody who is able to dive, let's say, I don't even know if this is possible, down to 300 feet, I think maybe sometimes there are free dives that go down really far, and those people have to learn how to hold their breath, and they have to come up very slowly, or they'll have an aneurysm. I mean, just people in crazy situations, that's a talent too, but it's invisible. Would you call it an art? To do that. No. Because I think that's what we're trying to debate here is whether or not top, top talent can be considered an art form. Well, how broadly do you want to define it? I guess if a person... Look, would you grant hypothetically trying to unpack this deep diver? Yeah. 
So are you talking about like high dives or people? No, who go... I'm actually the people, and there are uh, certain holes. Free divers. Free divers. Yeah. And there are evidently deep holes in the Caribbean, maybe everywhere. Yeah. But uh, there's one area where a contest goes on, I believe, every year. And mm-hmm. people have died doing this. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, where they go down and... Uh, I don't know if they retrieve something from the bottom, somehow demonstrate that they were actually down there, but they come up and they break the record because now someone, some human has dived this deep and survived. But my question to you is, would uh, you say that it's an art form to fight down panic, for example? Ooh. If you're in that situation... Okay. And you're still, oh, I don't know, 75 feet maybe from the surface. And something in your knowledge base knows that you're sapped. Well, let's say you're sapped. Okay, yeah. You're you're down to nothing Mm -hmm. and only some certain deep resource you barely know you have is going to allow you to not inhale in a panic, <laughs> you know, a lung full of salt water, for example. Right. Is that an art? Oh, I honestly, I would in your think view. So. Yeah. You would say it is. I mean, there's an art to, you know, and I'm just going to, there's an art to talent, you know, because free divers like that, I used to know a couple of them back You at, did? I did. Wow, um, man. He, he was just kind of starting out, but he was he was pretty good at it. And the breathing techniques that they do and all the things that they they do and the training that they go through just to be able to do this for so long, to hold their breath and all this, all these techniques all come together in a certain way, kind of like how you were saying that rescue and yeah. all of our, all the lifeguards snapped into action. They know exactly what to do. They know where they need to be. They don't even have to think, do exactly. they? Exactly. Yeah. And so being outside of that, not knowing what is supposed to happen next, but watching these people do that mm-hmm. and watching it happen so fluidly and perfectly coming together to achieve something. And I think there's an art in doing that, an art in preparation almost. Yeah, I like what you're, I, I get what you're saying and I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's actually giving value to deep, deep preparation, Yeah, I would say. I think it's, it's nice to think about, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in wholesomeness. And so... <laughs> and I commend you for that. <laughs> thank you. Um, but... Allow, or not really allowing someone, because you aren't really taking that from them. Um, thinking is talent and what people do and how they do it, what the struggles they've gone through to be at that point, and then being able to call it an art. Because an, an, an art feels, when you when you say something's an art, you give it some form of, not power, but... Help me out here. Well, you put it on a higher plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. You you honor it in a more pronounced way. Yeah. Than okay, I can drive a car. 
Yeah. You a know. lot of people can do that. It's it's no longer impressive. Right. But when you can take that card, take a mundane skill that we all know, or at least most people. And do trick driving or and something. And do insane that, things. Sure. That, I agree with you. Yeah. That's an art. There's an art to that. Have you seen, okay, have you seen the video, um, here's an art in parking, right? Uh, what all this, right. What this guy did is he, I think it was, I think he was in a smart car. I'm not really sure. He might have been in a regular car. I don't remember specifically. Okay. But there were two cars on each side, and the space between those two cars yeah. were exactly the right length for the car that he was driving. Mm-hmm. And so what he did is that he drove and then whipped the wheel around in a very specific way, pushing on brakes and gas pedals and doing all kinds of Perfect things. Perfect timing. And perfectly placed himself between those two cars. Wow. With flawless. Didn't even touch the other ones. Did he kind of skid in or something? Yeah, that's exactly. So he, he started driving in the opposite direction of the cars, and yeah. then he took like a wide turn and just like flipped around and then... So he used the momentum of the vehicle in some unknown way, and he understood the forces involved in a way you and I do not. Exactly. Now, this guy that you know, uh, maybe he's not a friend, maybe he's only an acquaintance, the deep diver person that you talked to, Mm -hmm. did you get a sense of any of the pains that he has gone through in order to learn... The survival skills and the discipline I assume that he has to have in order to be a successful deep diver. Free diver, yeah. Free um, diver, yeah. <laughs> so a deep diver is someone who has like the scuba tank. Okay, but the yeah, they can yeah. go down with the special chemicals and spend a certain amount of time at three hundred feet, yeah. crazy and then, things like that, and then come up slowly. You're right, and I mean free diver. Yeah. Yep. So free divers, um, he he started trying to bring me through the breathing exercise that he would do to mm-hmm. prep his lungs, to increase his breathing capacity, his lungs, all these kinds of things, and it hurt. This it actually you, you did this with him. I so I worked with him. He was okay. a lifeguard too. Yeah. Um, at my old pool, and so we were. Hanging out after a shift at work, we're all just in the hot tub, just doing what our what we want to, our own thing, decompressing after the day, yeah. and uh, we do a breath holding contest. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Against the free diver, I <laughs> love it. Against the free diver, and I just uh, the the lifeguard in me needs to say that don't ever do. Uh, breath holding contest. I applaud that, Thank man. You. That's responsible. I don't ever do them. They're super dangerous, yep. and no pool should allow you to do it. Right. I know mine don't. Anyways, so we did that, and he was in there for easily three times the amount that I was underwater, just mm. because he he had that capacity to hold his breath for so long. Do you know how long it took him uh, to gain that capacity? Uh, did he tell you anything about that? Uh, and then did he tell you why he wanted to do this? Just because no one else could, maybe. Kind of. I mean, it's it's very similar as to why I kind of do the slack line still. 
Oh, it's, I didn't know you slackline. Oh, you didn't? No. All right, well, let's talk about the free driver. <laughs> we can talk okay, about yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it, he told me that it took him about six months or so, seven, up to a year to get to that level, and that's not even peak what you could do. No, no, because he's probably still, he would consider himself a novice. Even oh, then. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the guy who has the world record was able to hold it for like five, six minutes, something like That's that. Just crazy. an absurd amount of time. Yeah. But, yeah, no, the the talent that it takes to do that and just the ability to force your body and put yourself under those huge strains and pressures and come out unscathed is, is truly incredible. And I think that's an art. Yeah. It has to be. I don't know if you've ever heard the theory that it takes 10,000 hours to become Master proficient at, at anything. Like if you're a, a pitcher in baseball, you mm-hmm. have to practice for 10,000 hours you know, for me, wanting to write fiction and get published, I already write the fiction issue is getting published. It's like, it feels like I've done 10,000 hours and right. more, mm-hmm. you know, and I think I am a good writer, but whether that's ever going to mean that I get published is another thing. But you do have to invest a, a lot of time. Yep. And lots of people won't do that. It's hard. Uh, yeah. I've tried learning the guitar Two or three times. <laughs> I know that one. And it just never happens. I can't oh. put the time into it. It's it's sad. But something that I did put, you know, a, a decent amount of time in over the years, um, slacklining, which I'm surprised you didn't know that I did. You know, maybe it was, this. it might have been pigeonholed. I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast, have we? I don't think so. No, you might have mentioned it, and somehow when I was categorizing what I know about you, uh, it slipped, slipped from my the, yeah. grasp into some darkness where it's not retrievable now. I mean, it's it's an uncommon thing, so I don't blame you for not remembering it. It's, yeah, you might have said... Well, go ahead, say more. <laughs> so, for those who don't know what a slack line right, is... Right, start there. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's, okay, it's the love child of a trampoline and a tightrope. And so it's a really thin, two-inch long rope that is somewhat elastic. Two-inch long or two-inch wide? Wide. Yeah. It's two inches wide, and the ropes that I have are between... 80 and 120 feet long. And you string them at your choice above a thousand foot canyon. You can you do that. Want. Mm-hmm. So there's different degrees of slack lining. So there's trick lining, which is what I do. Trick um, lining. <laughs> so <laughs> there's so many levels to this. Do you want me to write no, it all down too? Well, <laughs> I don't know if you need to do that. I mean, nobody's going to be able to see it but me, but you can outline it for us. All right. This might actually help my own thinking. All right. So he's writing it on our uh, what do they call this kind of whiteboard? The wild whiteboard. Okay. <laughs> he's gonna list the types of slack, slack lining. lining. All right. So there's tightrope walking. Yes, and that's what you see in the circus. Yes, exactly. Okay. Where they All just right. walk across the rope. Yeah. Then from tightrope, slack line was born. Yes. 
And in Slackline, there are three different things that you can do. Mm-hmm. There's what I do, which is trick lining. Trick lining, okay. So that just says trickling. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but we know what you meant. Thank you. So trick lining, the the rope that I use is more elastic. It's uh, intended to go between two trees or be used in a gymnastic sense because what you're going to do on the trick line is that not only are you going to walk on it, but you're going to bounce, you're going to jump, you're going to spin, you're going to uh, balance. It's, it's, it takes a lot of work. Yeah, what I would do is put up my trick line between the coin tower downtown and the Wells Fargo building probably at about the 40th. I think I was just there recently. Doing that? Coming up here. I think I should try that. Yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. So Um, that's what you do. You, you, tell me the tricks again. uh, There are are names for them. I don't know them, but... You do somersaults? No. Um, So unfortunately, I'm not at the the skill level yet of flips and whatnot. But that would be a trick in trick lining. Absolutely. Okay. Um, So that's one of the three three. slack lines. Um, And then there is walk lining. Okay. Which is exactly what it sounds like. It's more of a walk cross. Yeah, you just walk on it. Okay. Um, It's a balance thing. It's apparent. It's therapeutic, actually. Why? Um, so slacklining as a activity mm-hmm. is a workout. Um, you're you have to use your legs. You have to use your core, your arms, every part of your body to stay balanced on the line. Yes. And it works your knees and it works your hips, all the joints. Dude, sure. And so it's it's therapeutic in the way that. Um, People who are have bad balance or are relearning to walk can use these in some way because it forces it overexerts a skill, so that way when you're done with it, it you can kind of revert back to a more standard setting and understand balance better than you ever did before. Well, mm-hmm. uh, you know there is, uh, I guess, a somewhat sophisticated term which you probably know proprioception you think i would know that that's (laughs) well i mean that is what that is right proprioception is understanding where your body is in space maybe you don't know that i don't okay explain a little more to me well it simply means that if you shift to the left or right and let's say you're on a moving platform Mm -hmm. of some sort your awareness of what your body is doing will allow you to keep your balance because you are so precisely correct yeah. about where you are. Like, I'll, I've tilted my body 45 degrees, but my legs, and I'm just making this up, are 30 degrees off <laughs> kilter at the moment. That means a correction of a certain sort is essential in the next half second or I'm going to fall. But the person with good proprioception can actually do that. They know where they are. Yeah. And uh, the math of, that I just 
bullshit made up there had nothing really to do with it. It's just mm-hmm. that you know this kind of thing right. inherently. Yeah. And good athletes, well, I would say if you can successfully walk across a slack line, mm-hmm. then you've got excellent proprioception. Is that very? Is that similar to spatial awareness? Yeah. Kind of. Okay. Yes. All yeah. right. I know that word. I uh, thought <laughs> I don't know uh, why. I, I'm not even Pro, sure. Proprioception. Yeah, you got it. Your phone. I forgot my phone today. We could look it up, but um, <laughs> the um, reality is, we and you can do that. But slackline, you have uh, another subset. Oh, the final of one. the discipline to talk mm-hmm. about here. So the final thread out of the three um, mm-hmm. is what you th- are thinking of, more or less, and that's called highlining. Oh, that's yeah. a great name. Yep, that's when you go from the coin mm-hmm. tower to mm-hmm. the that's exactly Fargo building. Yeah. And so these people are far Crazy. less. Well, yes. Um, I mean, in some capacity, all all three of these people are absolutely batshit insane. <laughs> um, I mean, there's no there's no reason I should be doing this. Um, and so highlining is destination and how high off the ground you can get while still walking across it. Yeah, somehow you're uh, one of the side canyons in Utah yep. off of the Grand Canyon, and you and your pals set up a high line. Now, some people would probably tether themselves to the line. That's Most people do. They do yes. do that, don't they? Uh, a lot of them do. Yeah. Some of them don't. Well, that's crazy. You know, it's hard. I notice it's really, really, really on Facebook or wherever, it's very hard for me to watch a video for someone doing something at altitude. Mm. Because even though I know that video wouldn't be on there, if if they they fall in, I still get very unpleasant butterfly sensations in my gut. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not... Because especially with, like, altitudes and things like that, I mean, it takes so little for all of it to just end. A gust of wind? Yeah. Just so minimal. It, the biggest punishment for the smallest mistakes. <laughs> well put. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, yeah, the, that's the three uh, subsections of Slackline. And and you describe yourself on your resume as a trip liner. <laughs> I don't know if I put line. it on my on, on my resume necessarily, but no. But how long have you been doing it? Why did you start? What is your level of skill at that now? Um. So I started when I was fifteen, sixteen, mm-hmm. when someone I worked with years ago. Um, brought one to work one day and after work we I tried it out. Brought the rope. Brought the two inch mm-hmm. wide the rope, rope the, the eighty foot long rope. Yeah. That's that's the one, the the eighty footer. Yeah. Strapped it between two trees and uh got a wench for it and everything and strapped mm-hmm. it up and it was oh, I had so much fun and I bought one the next day. Whoa Yeah, I, I had to do it for myself. 
And so I've just been doing that for the past five five years or so. And yeah. Oh, that's the other thing that we didn't mention at the beginning of this. Oh, right. uh, uh, <laughs> podcast that um, Aiden here right to my left is a 20 year old man mm-hmm. and uh, at this juncture I'm 72 so <laughs> I don't think I'm going to go out and buy myself a slack line on account of I've got replacement hips already and have had all kinds of back surgery and other nightmares and my proprioception is shot <laughs> and that's the reason I know that word by the way all right yeah. just be you you learn the word when you don't have it anymore kind of yeah because I was trying to explain to myself you know when I worked in television and right we were doing a lot of like adventure stories mm-hmm. with the camera and the tripods and the batteries and everything we might be going down a really rocky slope say um, you know along a riverbank where they have so-called rip wrapping just uh, heavy stones oh yeah, yeah, yeah that are there to prevent erosion mm-hmm. But you have to choose your route carefully because right. you don't really know if some of those stones are unstable, for uh-huh. one thing, and the pitch uh, that your foot has to follow uh, will change. And, the angle yeah. is just crazy. Um, and I realized at a certain point that I could no longer predict anymore mm. where to put my feet. Yeah. So I was almost like I was starting going down on my butt, just kind of crab crawling down, where I used to scamper down. Scamper? Well, I'm exaggerating that. I never <laughs> did that. But at least I could walk upright. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, as a, generally homo sapiens do. Ideally. And with some dignity. <laughs> but after a while, I lost that. So. I mean, so long as you didn't get hurt. I mean that's it's the most okay. part. Yeah, it was all right. Sure, uh, I mean, just, I'm all only saying that I did lose <laughs> that ability. Right. Yeah. You know, because mostly bipeds expect to walk on two legs. At least for the most part. Most part. Um, there's a a fun little saying that I like to think about sometimes when I when I do something kind of similar to the crab walk down, mm-hmm. where uh, if it looks stupid, but it works then it's not stupid. Well, that's a kind of wisdom that, you know, I wish I had absorbed earlier and that I'd absorbed more fully than I ever have. Yeah. Because while I recognize that it is wisdom, Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I apply it, or if I do apply it, I apply it with regret. You know, say it again, that theory. If... Something looks stupid, yeah, but it works. Right, then it's not stupid. That should be something crocheted uh, <laughs> and framed on my wall. Should I should I knit it and then? I wish you would. It, uh, <laughs> I might not have the talent for that, but I might know some people. <laughs> um, you've just you've just gotten your Christmas gift. Nice, thank you in advance. <laughs> do you want to do a uh, inherently human podcast, uh, White Elephant? You know, with two people. <laughs> oh, we, oh well, I could look. You would be overwhelmed with a mountain of worthless or extraneous stuff. 
you should see what I have in my home right now and tell me what's worth Yeah, listening you know, I mean, I use Goodwill advisedly. Yeah. I'm grateful for them because mm-hmm. I give them stuff a lot of the time. But, like, if a Mack truck were to hit me tonight, mm-hmm. I'd still feel embarrassed because I got too much stuff in my house that I'd never use. So... Yeah, a white elephant Christmas would be great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do. We'll we'll have a white elephant uh, episode. Yeah, um, but we never determined exactly what you have succeeded in mastering as a, a trick liner, a slackline trick liner. Do you have certain um, performances that you can do and be pretty sure? I mean, not all the time, but can you do some of that slacklining stuff and people go, wow, man. I mean, has it paid off for you? Oh, yeah, immensely. Well, tell me about that. Uh, we'll believe you. Whatever it is you say, <laughs> we'll accept that you can actually do this. Just tell me what you would do. You get on the slack line and what happens? So... What I do is that I, most people, what they do is that they start at one end and they somehow climb up onto the line and then they walk across and that's about what they do. Okay, and how far off the ground are you? So, normally you should only be three feet feet off the ground. I'm usually five or six. Wow! What an animal, man. You have to be that high or else you won't be able to jump like I do. You jump and land with sufficient proprioception, which is just a wonderful word for this. (laughs) Proprioception. Yeah, that you don't lose your balance and go hurtling (laughs) off into space. Nope. So what I can do is that I, I start on my butt sitting down on the line, yeah. and then I jump, and I come back down, and I bounce up. I bounce up a little higher, and then a little higher, and then on the Whoa. last one, I jump high, and then land on my feet on the line. That um, is very cool, man. <laughs> it, it took a lot of time and a lot of pain to get to that level. I will assure you of that. Um, if you give me 15 a seconds. Moment. <laughs> yes, I will find... Everybody, if you send 25 cents and your name and address to Radio City Station, 111-whatever, New York, you can get probably a video of this man doing this thing. You know, uh, we should have a Facebook page, and I should just put this on the Facebook Actually, page. we, yeah, we should. <laughs> You're right. I will do that. Uh, as for now, if you want to email humansinherently at <laughs> gmail.com, uh, <laughs> Do we actually have an email address? We have an email. What an animal! You got that? Good yeah. for you, dude. What is it? Tell people what it is. It's uh, humans and human is humans inherently. There's an S in there. Humans. Humans inherently. inherently. Nice. I tried doing inherently human, but that was already taken, so I wasn't allowed Who to do is it. that. I don't <laughs> yeah. want names. Find, okay. Find that person, and then here's what I do. This was okay. This Here video, he is. Oh, and this is right out in the park blocks at yeah. Portland State, and there you are. So this video that Jim is watching right now is about a minute long, and it was taken year and a half ago, two years ago about. Yeah, um, yeah. And so the skills that I have have developed significantly 
since this, and I need to... Oh, that is so cool. He is uh, dropping and landing on the line on his butt, and there is enough spring and momentum that it kicks him right back up in the air, and then he lands on the line on his feet, and he can switch back and forth. He can head in either direction, and even though it sometimes it does look like he is going to fall, he does not fall. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. I had... Now, yeah, you might have mentioned it, but again, that was a pigeonhole that got lost. The, the scope of what I, I did. I didn't realize, because that is, I would say that's, you know, circus performer stuff. That's art, probably. I, I want to see if I could bring it uh, to, like, Circus Olay, because that's what it reminds me the most of. Mm-hmm. I think they could do well with me. Um, but... Dad, I just didn't know that about you. (laughs) Wow. The more you know. Right. Um, That's really cool. But recently I had, I've retaught myself how to juggle. (laughs) Yeah, you want to be in showbiz. (laughs) I can tell that about you. (laughs) And so I'm starting to teach myself to juggle while on the slack line. Of course. (laughs) I would. I mean, and so it's 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 quite the quite the adventure to try and do that because I don't actually have official juggling balls. Mm-hmm. I have three rubber ducks. Uh, <laughs> that's your stick, yeah, right. That's gonna get you the headlines right there. Mm-hmm. The, rubber ducks. And there was one time um, I was slacklining outside the Saturday market up here at PSU, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when I get approached by these ice cream people from this, I think it was called Chili Cow or something like that, Chili Cow Ice Cream. All right. And they were like, what you're doing is super cool. Can we... Can we... Sponsor you? Yeah. Can we, like, take some pictures of you with our product? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And so I told them, like, I can juggle. Do you want me to do that? And so they gave me three pints of ice cream. Yeah. And I got up on the slack line, and I juggled the ice cream while on the slack line for them. And that is about the most famous I've ever been. I had no (laughs) idea that you had this brush with celebrity, and like you're like this secret slack liner that nobody knows about. Well, maybe everybody else in the world except me knew about this. I don't know. I mean, you. I don't see you in the park blocks too often, at uh, least not when I'm out there during summer. Well, I, yeah, I mean, um, I mean I've mean, i gone to Saturday Market, and um, I guess we're like two ships passing in the night. I just never saw you. No. Mm. Well, maybe, uh, maybe within the coming months. Okay. Definitely not soon, because you can't do it in the winter because I'm barefoot. Okay. And that does And your not... feet are numb and you this can't feel the line. Yeah. These it... are the mechanics of how you slack line. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole set of things that you have to do in order to be able to do this and cold feet is just about the worst part about it. That's funny. We've gone we went we did 11 podcasts and I never ever knew <laughs> about this hidden talent you have and only because by chance we're talking about talent today. Do I find it out? I'm, I kind of think that's cool, though, that you don't 
every time you meet somebody at a party, you say, oh, yeah, you know, a nice slack line, so... You know, casually. Cool. Casually. But nobody, nobody really knows what it is, so they're like, oh, that's cool. Well, right. kind of... See you later. Yeah, the fact that there is a subset... Of slacklining, yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole culture. It's it's very fascinating. It's very difficult, but if you ever find yourself near next to or with the uh, amount of time to practice the slackline, I I highly suggest it. It's a, it's a good time. It's very dangerous. It's incredible. Yeah, dangerous, no, uh, yeah. Well, sure. Even at five feet, I would think you know, landing. It's not hard to land wrong mm-hmm. if you're fallen and by definition out of control at the mercy of gravity for five feet. Yeah. Dude, that's really bad. Especially since what you're aiming for is two inches of rope. Mm. And so it's it's quite the time. Um, but that, that just about puts us at the 45-minute mark. Um, yeah. Do you have any... Uh... Not really. I'm just in awe of your skill, i got to say. <laughs> I did not know that about you. I think it's really cool. I think it's kind of cool that these are obviously open explorations where such a discovery could be made mm-hmm. on this podcast. It's it's fun. Nice. Yeah, this, this, there's this generational divide, and we as people despite how well we flow together or as we've been told yeah, still, what we talk about on here there's still so much to learn and that's being inherently human <laughs> and that's don't how you, you think human <laughs> bringing it together nice. all right well i think that is a flawless way to end uh, episode you, 12 uh, i'm Aiden DeBoard. jim newman and this has been inherently human thank you so much for joining us today and we'll see you for episode 13 looking forward to that <laughs>